Oh my goodness. And in this episode of Person of Interest, welcome back. I'm Natalie Jones. We were talking with Laura Beer. So I want to start off by saying thank you so much to everybody who took the time to listen to the last episode. And thank you so much to Andy for being so brave and so bold for sharing her story and her journey and struggles with eating disorders. She empowered me to talk about it for the first time ever, really, in my life, which has been super dope and terrifying. And that's where the good stuff, I feel like the good stuff in life is super dope and terrifying at the same time. So proceed um, when you get those pings in your belly you know that you're doing some right so thank you so much everybody for the love and support um, if you or somebody you know is suffering from an eating disorder you can log on to eatingrecoverycenter.org and nationaleatingdisorders.org to find some help there you ain't alone and just talking about it will really change your life it is uh, I feel like I'm a, like a different person talking about it it's still unsettling and terrifying but once again that's a, that's what the good stuff in life is so Laura Veer, she came on the podcast in December of 2019. Now, this is a repost of that conversation for everybody who's new here. She is an amazing woman who gave birth to a beautiful, stillborn baby girl named Scout in 2017, and of course, it rocked her world. And she gave us the most candid expression of her experience with it, and uh, it's beautiful. It may be my favorite. My favorite episode to date. So I'm reposting it today because her and I sat down earlier this week and had an update conversation of what's going on in her world now and what it's like to be a mom now and where she's where she's been. She's changed and grown a lot since the last conversation. So I want to give you guys a preemptive of this is what's this is this is the conversation from December 2019. A new one is coming up this week. If you like the podcast, like, subscribe, leave a review, you know, do all of those things. And Enjoy. This is Laura Vier. And if you have any um, questions or comments or anything, you can always email me at natalie at wkrq.com. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. One in five people are living with mental illness every single day. So get comfy in the uncomfortable. Here we go. Why? Why? Because I think it's so important to tell your story. And if you can help one other person, then why would you not? You know, what do you want to talk about in your story? Get comfortable. Yeah. Let me think about this. What are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about the experiences and. No, just be you. Yep. What did you just say really boldly? We're going to talk about experience, the experiences I've gone through to get to where I am today. Yeah. That sounds good to me. That sounds really good to me. Yeah. I love talking to you, Laura. I enjoy talking to you, Natalie. So whatever you got to say. What do you want to... Well, I'll start with... um, I'll start with... When I met my husband, I knew I was going to have kids with him. I knew I wanted to have kids with him, and I knew he was going to make a great father, and we would make a great family together. And um, I didn't know that that was going to happen soon or then later. And we found out that we were pregnant uh, a month before our wedding. (laughs) And as I was getting married in a Catholic church, (laughs) I was 13 weeks pregnant. And (laughs) that's awesome. I love you. And I realized, though, Gus needed to be there. Um, We didn't know what it was. 
sex it was at the time. But um, now that I know it was Gus, uh, but he needed to be there with us at the wedding. And it definitely um, made our marriage turn into Nen a family a lot sooner than I thought it was, but it was exactly what we needed to happen. Yeah. So I had Gus, and um, he was born on January 11th, 2015, and his birth was pretty crazy. Uh, he, We were at the hospital for three days before he came, and it ended up in an emergency C-section. Wow. Yes. And um, he started to have irregular heartbeats at the end. Okay. And now knowing what I've gone through then after, knowing that now I'm so glad he was safe and everything was fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But it was just a long process, but it was beautiful and it was cold that day Then he was born. and But it was a perfect fall – or not fall – winter it was a perfect winter day with us and it just i just remember when he was born it just felt so good and right yeah yeah that's the way it was supposed to go yes it was so then um let me just say he is the cutest kid in the world (laughs) he really is he's got a he's got such a distinct look to him that is so much his dad a lot of you too yeah um he's just a, a replica of you too he is, and he's also such a sensitive kid that, um, and such a loving kid that I'm lear- I'm learning so much from being his mother. Yeah, that uh, he has given me so many gifts that I, uh, the gift of being a mother, number one, but also just so many gifts of learning how to parent. And I don't, I don't feel like that's what I was trying to say, but I'm trying to say that I just feel like he. It's amazing when what you can learn from your children, mm-hmm. and how you are when you raising when you're raising them. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reassuring feeling. Yeah, very proud of yourself. Yes, it is. It's good. It is proud, and then you're also like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I keep telling myself now that I um, am 34 and I've seen a lot of life. I'm like, I think I'm going to fuck my kids up less because I'm not as dumb as I was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. When, like, that was, like, the normal exactly. time to have kids. I'm like, right. I don't know. I'm a little bit smarter now. Does that mean I'm not going to fuck them up as much? All right. <laughs> Maybe not. Any but I think we just need to, like, you know, <laughs> do a little better. I mean, we don't even have to do better. We just have to try. That's all you can do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So go back to your story. Yeah, so back to my story. So we had Gus, and it was great, and it was beautiful. And then um, uh, when he was like one and a half, we decided, okay, he needs a sibling. Yes. And um, we because we knew we wanted to have a, a big, big family. And um, so we started trying, and then I we found out uh, we were pregnant. And then um, on December 10th, I had a miscarriage, and I was eight weeks along, and it was um, it was devastating. It yeah. it and it was uh, lonely and um, just very. I was very quiet too. I just didn't know how to do what to do with it. Um, especially when I was out, I was like, I just had a miscarriage, but no one knew I was just pregnant. 
because you didn't tell anybody in the beginning because they say yeah. don't tell like all those things. So it was um, it was hard because I didn't know how to bring it up to people that I had just had a miscarriage. And I know so many friends of ours and people that have had miscarriages, but people don't really talk about it. Yeah. Or they don't um, they talk about it later or when you say I have a miscarriage. They're like, I have a miscarriage, too. I had a miscarriage, too. And then you're like, whoa. And then you realize it's one in four and it happens all the time. And they're saying now that they even think it happens more than that. So miscarriages are tricky, I feel like, um, because it was a baby. We were planning for it. The, like uh, the do, like I know the baby's due date and the date and I so what are the words that I'm trying to say right now? The words that I'm trying to say that are that, that it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a hard thing to process. But it's also, um, yeah, we're just going to say that. So then after the miscarriage, we knew we wanted to try again right away. And um, then three months later, we did get pregnant. And when we got pregnant with uh, our when we got pregnant, we didn't want to find out again because we liked the not knowing the sex and everything. And um, I, my pregnancy was good. I had I kept having things that were maybe going to happen or this or that preeclampsia or. Um, so when I had, so with Scout, I had, um, I I blew my back out. First of all, and then I couldn't carry our son, who then just broke his femur. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was in a cast for um, five weeks, a full body cast, uh, or up to his chest. Oh my god! So uh, I couldn't carry him or anything like that. Um, and then after that, um, I they thought I had the gestational diabetes, but I didn't have that. Then they had the preeclampsia, then all these other things, but everything kept being fine. Then I, on Thanksgiving, I uh, woke up and had some bleeding. And anytime I'd see blood from just from the miscarriage I had before, it just would scare me. Yeah. So I uh, went to the hospital right away and they did, I was 37 weeks at the time and they did a non-stress test for three hours and everything was fine. The baby was fine. Everything looked good. And they said um just you know tell us come back when you're when you go into labor Mm -hmm. and my doula was there too and so that's what we did and so then we um we went home and then four weeks later I contractions did start uh on December 8th they started at night and as we were watching Bad Santa (laughs) 2 which I'm like it's funny yeah but now it's forever ruined. Damn Horrible. It. Damn it. <laughs> Christmas in general. So, yeah, our whole house was decorated. I had all the Christmas presents taken care of. Everything was ready to go. We were just waiting for this baby to come. Um, and we go to the, um, in the middle of the night. My contractions were still going. They were about started out 17 minutes apart. Then they were five minutes apart or not that drastic. But, yeah, over time. But then when I woke up at like 5 a.m., I um, noticed they were five minutes apart, but they didn't hurt that much. So I was like, 
I'm a badass. Like, yeah, because I didn't go into labor with my son. I had to be induced with him. So I was like, maybe I just uh, these contraction things aren't really that bad for me. Yeah. Um, but they are. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> but so, anyways, I um, I tried to. Uh, the doula says take a shower, do this, do that, whatever. And then she came over and. When she came over, she was like, when's the last time you felt the baby move? And I was said, in the shower. Um, and then she's like, let's drink some juice to see the baby movement or anything. And I did. And I said, I still don't feel the baby. But she didn't seem worried. So I thought everything was fine, too. I was 41 weeks pregnant. Like, everything was going to be fine. So then I... Um, we go to the hospital, and my mom is with us and my husband and the doula, and we go and we get checked in, and we go into the um, triage room number 18, which is a lucky number of mine, which I thought was a lucky sign, uh, but maybe it I don't know. Uh, but so we go in there, and the lady, uh, the nurse, who was very kind, uh, came in with a Doppler and tried to find the heartbeat, and she couldn't find the heartbeat. But that was normal because Scout, um, or the baby, could, they could never find the heartbeat with the Doppler because she was always moving. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was fine. And I also heard a, a really fast heartbeat in the background. So I was like, she just must have missed it. Uh, then she said, I want the resident to come in just to check because this doesn't seem right. But I think everything's fine. And the resident came in about two minutes later, and uh, I remember what those two minutes, I was just like, oh, my, like, I knew something bad was about to happen, but I was preparing myself for that it wasn't. I was really just trying to convince myself that it was fine. It was fine. And the resident came in and um, put the ultrasound machine on me, and um, I looked down at her, and she just looked up at me and just said, I am so sorry. There's no heartbeat. And uh, still was very sad, obviously. Um, ever when I think about that moment, it can make me cry. Uh and it was the sound came out of me that I didn't know I could make. And it was just so sad. And um, we still didn't know what the sex of the baby was either. So um, and but right when they said that, I knew it was going to be a girl. And uh, so they. Um, so when they. After they um, found that out, they put me in a room far down the hallway with no other moms or babies around, which was very kind. And they put a thing on your door to make sure that, you know, that they know that the baby has died, which is just so sad. Um, but... Um, when we go back down to the room, then the doctor came in and everyone was very kind and loving and supportive. Um, and I really just, just, it was just a haze. I don't even remember most of it. I mean, I remember some of it, but it was just a, I couldn't believe it was happening. I didn't feel like they were talking about my baby. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't my baby that they were talking about. 
So then we decided um, this whole time I was 41 weeks pregnant and this whole time I was trying to have a natural birth because I had a C-section with my son. And um, when this when all this all happened, I was only one centimeter dilated and I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around having the baby naturally. Um, So we had a C-section and in the room. It was quiet. It was still. It was so still. And there was no happiness or anything like that should be happening when you have a baby. And um, at 3.15 on December 9th, uh, 2017, Scout Elizabeth Veer was born. And um, she was just perfect. She unfortunately had a double knot in her umbilical cord. That caused her, once my contractions started, caused the cord to get pulled too tight to, and then she wasn't able to receive any oxygen. So when my contractions started was when she passed. And uh, so then also it was the first snow of the year when she was born. So when, after she was born, um, I obviously um, took my baby and they pushed us back to the room. And when they pushed us back into the room, it was uh, this beautiful snow that was happening and it was beautiful. And I remember like being, I was so proud of her. I was so like amazed by her and so proud of her. And I just couldn't understand why I only got to spend 24 hours with her on earth. And I still sometimes struggle with that. But it was a very special time. And um, we had pictures taken and family come and meet her and hold her. And um, we spent the full 24 hours that we could. I I even tried, like, tried to figure out if I could just take her with me. Yeah. <laughs> they were like... <laughs> You can't do that. Um, But I just, uh, it's just really, uh, it's just really challenging losing a child. And um, I, she was so very wanted and um, she was just, yeah. So, but we still, um, very much honor her and include her in everything that we do as a family. And um, even tonight, my son was uh, putting an ornament on his tree and he put one for his, he said, I'm putting an ornament on for my sister. And um, so Scout is definitely, she's about to be two this December. And um, it is pretty amazing everything that I've been able to do Um since she has passed and um what she has taught me and i'm really proud of of her and of what she has taught me i'm really proud of you for sharing that story <laughs> i've known you for a long time and i've never heard the actual story oh yeah yeah it is it's a it's a pretty one it was and as much as like um I remember, like, when uh, my cousin came to visit her, um, and I, like, 
Scout was dressed, but um, she had some skin that was starting to come off of her. Mm. Um, and I remember when I was like undressing her to show my cousin her feet because her feet were so big <laughs> and I was like doing it. And then as I was doing it, I was like so proud of her. I was like, look at this, look at this. And then I was like, wait, like she is not feeling, yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is, this is a dead baby right now. Like, <laughs> and I was, <laughs> yes. And I was like, but I remember just like, it was, it was my, it was scout. It was my daughter. It was, she was there and like, I just wanted to show her to everyone, but yes. So, but let me think about this where, so yeah. So the first year after her or the first, I would say six months were a haze. I didn't want to go out socially or. How can you do anything? Like, right. do you remember, like, how, I remember seeing you and, and you had, um, you were dieting and you were, like, so proactive on life and you had lost all this weight. And, and I was like, how are you doing any of this? Right. It makes no sense to me. Like, how does it feel to have a child at that same time that you need to care for and show love to? Yeah, so that was that was challenging with Gus. Um and also explaining it to him, too, because he was two years old. Yeah. And he thought uh, when we were we were going to the hospital to have the baby and we were going to bring home a baby. And um, we actually, he did not come and meet Scout. And that's something that, um, something that I wish would have happened, but it didn't happen. And that is, um, I don't like to say regret because you yeah. can't really regret things when you're in. You're doing you're, the best you can in the when moment. You're in the middle of yeah, yeah, exactly. Because but it was something that I but he did when he did come to the hospital, it was a horrible experience for him. He uh was did not want to see me. He was sad, he was he was confused. Yeah. So he came over he came after she had passed just because I wanted to I wanted to see him because mm -hmm. I needed to see him. Because after she died, I was worried everybody was gonna die that was close to me. Really? Yeah. I was worried. I worried that I was going to die in this during the C-section. Like I thought I was I had asked the doctors before they started. I said, I'm not going to die, am I? Like, yeah. And they reassured me. And they also then said, like, this is a normal thing that happens when somebody has died. Like for you to think that, too. Well, I don't know if it was normal, but they said it was normal. So it made me feel better. <laughs> Trust it was. <laughs> But anyways, yeah. But explaining to him also, like, where Scout is now and what she's doing. And um, because he'd ask, like, where is she in the sky? Because we said she went to heaven. And um, but he would um, he would be like, is she over there? Is she over here? Or where is she? And then as he's like grown, he's like realized like we, uh, yellow, we, he said that scout's favorite color is yellow. Mm -hmm. So yellow is a big representation of scout and, um, different family members have different things that remind them of her. Like my niece, when she sees a yellow car, she says scout, like, and it makes her feel like scouts like thinking of her. And when Gus sees yellow flowers or butterflies, he always says scout and like says hi scout and just like makes it um, just finding ways to have her connect with all of like with all of us mm -hmm. and finding her w ways of 
being included and being involved with our family while while not being here present. Like, is it hard for you to not? Mm, was it was it a hard decision for you to make? Like, do I continue to have her really present in our lives, or do we just move on? Yeah, that um, that wasn't hard because I knew like there was. There was no way that I could not include her because I birthed a baby. Yeah. And I had a baby. And even though she never lived on Earth, like, I mean, she lived Earthside in my stomach, but even though she never lived out of my stomach, she still lived and she still had a life. Yeah. You know? And so there's, I. And even today when there's sometimes when I when people ask like how many kids you have, which is a horrible question, no one should ever ask that, so no one asks that. Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to have kids? <laughs> well, maybe I do want to have kids, but what if I had five miscarriages and you don't know about it? So yeah. don't ask the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear a lot from people, you don't have kids, you don't you don't, you don't get understand. it. Right, which is another thing like, yeah, but you don't I don't know. But but my thing is like I I, I just there's, there was no way that I could not not include her. Yeah, that's how that's what I felt inside. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And you know what is another thing that that they don't talk about necessarily too, as you're at the hospital, you have when after you give birth to your child if they're stillborn, um, and you have to decide then do you want a funeral? Do you want to be cre- do you want her to be cremated? What do you want to do? Like in that moment, within twenty four hours, because you have to decide where the body is going. Oh my gosh! So yeah, so we had decided that we wanted Scout to be cremated, so she is cremated and she's at our house, and that's what we felt like that would be the best thing uh, for us. And we didn't have a funeral for her, but like that was an option. But there was like no way that I could think of having a funeral when I was thinking I was having a baby. Like I was like you know, so. What um, else don't people talk about? Or did they not tell you? Or... Oh, like that your milk comes in. Your body still thinks that you just had a baby. So your all your milk comes in, and that is... God. Yeah. And they said to me, you can donate it if you want to, but the thought of doing that was just too hard for me. I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. So it was like everything to stop the milk to grow in, coming in. And then also, like... What else don't people talk about? There's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, they also don't ask you after you had a stillborn. Like, they don't even recognize it, like, as a baby sometimes. Um, so that's where some of the resistant – or not resistant. That's where it's really tough sometimes because I had a man um, – I was at a, on a walk – and I was walking up close to where we was planted a tree for Scout, and I was up close to it, and a man walked by, and I, I said, um, this tree's for my... We just started talking, and then I said, yeah, this tree's for my daughter. Like, um, oh, and he was like, oh, this and that. And, it's like, and then he was like, well, she didn't live. And I was mm. like, okay, well, in your eyes, she didn't. And I have to... That's the thing with grief and everything is like, Everyone is coming from their own point of view and their own experiences and what they believe is true to them. And you have to let them believe that. And I can then educate people on what I believe is true and what is good and what not as good necessarily what I believe is my truth. 
And I believe that Scout lived. And I believe that Scout is still like living, but not living the way on earth. I don't know. I feel like sometimes, yeah. Her spirit is still alive. Her spirit is so alive. It's, it's, I see her name constantly. Like, and I, I mean, people uh, will send me pictures or things when they see her. And like, to think that uh, someone that is a friend, like from grade school, saw a picture and thought of Scout and thought of me. Like, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. Like, that's a really great point. I think about I think about her all the time. Right. I think about and, you all the time. And and I like it too because sometimes people tell me that they think of her as like a lucky charm. Yeah. And as a luck like they think of her and they like she brings her luck. And that like is so uh like I, I can't even describe really what that word in, is. In, yeah. in, and reassuring, she's touching so many people's she lives. She is. I'm so proud of her. I'm yeah. so proud of to That's be her mother. You said um, in that in um, you said you were so proud of her. Yeah. Um, when you guys were sitting, can you talk more about that? Well, when she first like came out and like when it was a C-section, and I saw her at first, um, I was a little like. Um, well, I was angry yeah. and a lot of different things. But when I s- then went back to the room and was holding her and was with her, I was like, this is like, ah, uh, we made this. Like, yeah. we made this human. And it's like, I can't even. Are you still angry now? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I get angry that people get to keep their babies. Um, I sometimes get angry when I see pregnant people because I just want to be pregnant. But I've been learning that I need to shift those thoughts and things so I can try to um, so it be better for me. And it'll be uh, easier for me because when I'm having those like angry thoughts or mean thoughts or things like that, that's just bringing me down more. And that doesn't help with where I am. So I am learning that I need to. um... See, that's the thing, too. I feel like you can't you don't know people's stories Mm -hmm. by just seeing them. So I could make up a story about that pregnant person, but that pregnant person could have had a stillborn too, like, you know, or that pregnant person could have taken five years to get pregnant or they don't even want to be pregnant or like, there's just so many different things that you really just can't. And that's what I'm learning that I need to be present in my life and what I'm doing and not doing the comparing, not doing all that stuff. Because when you do the comparing and the shoulds, it gets, it gets, it's gotta be insane. I mean, I, I do that as, I think we all do all the time just as people in life. And it just brings you down no matter where you are in life or what you're going through. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's not going to help. And I think you've gone through the worst thing a parent can go through. Yeah. A person can go through. I can't imagine, Laura. I know you very well. And you've been through so much. (laughs) And I'm very proud of you. 
to see you still functioning and so positive all the time is amazing. Well, thanks. And you have such a knack for design as well. Your house is so beautiful. Well, thank you. Well, and you know what's something I'm very proud of is that we raised, um, we were the top team in Ohio for an organization called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And they come and take pictures or edit pictures for mm-hmm. free for families that have stillborns. And uh, we were able to raise money and be the top team in Ohio this year, which I was just really proud of. And I'm just really proud of the work that I'm putting in to be- get better and to feel better and, like, yeah. what I'm doing. So what happens after this happens? We were talking about this earlier. Is life still goes on. No matter right. what you're going through, life still goes and on. And you want everyone to stop. Yes. I mean, this happened on December 9th, so I wanted Christmas to be over for everyone. Yeah. And my birthday was December 15th. I didn't want my birthday. I didn't want – I wanted it all to stop. And everyone kept going and everything kept happening. Yeah. And it was like, why doesn't everybody stop? Did my baby just died. Like, and, but it's like one of those things where it's just like, yeah, it keeps going. And there's, and then there's more babies that are dying or more like hardships and things. And it's like, you have to, I mean, the present moment is so key in my recovery and the way not recovery I don't like to say, in my uh life right now and just being like being in the moment mm-hmm. and trying to be yeah is that what you're focusing on now yes uh well I'm focusing on that and I'm focusing on meditation too um because that was a big thing that helped me and I'm focusing on uh relaxing and trying to actually relax have you been able to do that really in the past it'll be two years coming up here yeah um i think in some ways i have um because i think it's important too because like we like after after you you have a child like after you have birth give birth like they say usually you can wait three months and then you can start trying again so like we wanted to try right away Mm -hmm. after scout because i was like i want a baby Mm -hmm. like right now and um, in that process of, like, trying again is very, like, challenging because it's, like, you want this thing right now and it's, like, not happening. And then you're, like, trying to figure out ways to make it happen and then it's not happening. And then you, like, go, try to go – like, then we try to go to the fertility doctor and then that didn't really help. And then yeah. we did find out we were pregnant this summer – and then we had a miscarriage five days later, and um, that ended with uh, I my miscarriage lasted three months, which Ugh. was just like a process in itself. So that was just this October that it was finally finished, and um, that's why I feel like sometimes I maybe haven't done the rest as much. Do you do you experience? <laughs> I feel like I just threw that miscarriage in there. <laughs> you see my face right now? I'm like, uh, yeah. well, I don't. Do you see? Are you still able and capable to experience real joy? Yeah, I think that is something that I experience now in true sense of what joy is. Really? Yes. Like, um, yes. Like, 100%. I, that's the thing with grief. Like, I, and with just when 
you have these struggles and things. Like, I feel like the happier times are, like, so much more happier. Yeah. And, like, the sad times are so much more sadder, I guess you could say. Yeah. But. You, you kind of been stripped down a little bit to, yeah. like, the bare human feelings. And you're feeling yes. all of them. And yeah. And then everything else comes up, too. Yeah. That, that you didn't deal with. So it's like, here you go. Here's this. Here's that. And then you're like, what? I thought it was over that. And then, <laughs> nope. So well, it's like a deal. Yeah. I mean, therapy is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I think acupuncture is wonderful, too. Uh, I mean, I think. I think you need to go to boxing. I've thought about that. Therapy Natalie, therapist Natalie saying. Yeah. You got to get that rage out. Like, I went to boxing for a while. And, like, there were, like, other people in the class, like, yes, I'm on my lunch break. Burning calories is fun. <laughs> and I was seriously annihilating the bag. Like, die, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, life. No one understands me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did not miss one punch the whole class. Yeah. Full force the whole time. But it was so relieving. It was so it stress is. relieving. Yeah. I think some of that, I, I don't know if I, the anger part of it, um, I don't know if that's fully out yet, and I think yeah. maybe that's some part of me that I'm holding on to in some ways. Well, I mean, I mean, screaming in your car is really great. Yeah, hey. yeah, all right. Yeah, that is something that I've done. And sometimes you look around, you're like, uh, anybody, anybody, whatever. I guess at this point, to be like, <laughs> well, and- whatever. <laughs> and I've thought about it before. If you did turn and see someone, I would be like, ah, I'd scream at them, and they would. <laughs> I just feel like yeah. when you go through um I um tr- when you, when you go through trauma and you just give it gives yourself you just freely do react to the trauma how it's passing through you you know and yeah. then it makes I always think of like crazy moments in movies where I'm like oh now I get what happened totally. in that one movie that I never understood until <laughs> now yeah I mean I think I understand a lot of things and more more or like you give. Also, okay, with Scout, like like I said, like you can't see that I'm missing a child, mm-hmm. like when you just walk around. And I think I think, which I thought about this before, but now I think about it even more. But what are other people's stories that they're holding on to that they're yeah. not letting out or letting people see? And how much is what's like what happened to them, basically? Yeah. Like, and, um, but not judging their behaviors or things or just like curious about like what did happen to them to make them do that or act that way or this or that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think about that too. I'm sure you're such, um, so much empathy and so empathy, much compassion. Yeah. yeah. I find it's got to be hard for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like to judge anything now. You just Yeah, you really can't. Yeah. How was it dealing with people in your life afterwards who tried to console you or tried to do anything? I know um a lot of people feel really uncomfortable about grief in situations like this and it's too too heavy and like I know like personally I'm sorry that I didn't do more. I didn't know what I don't know. That's the thing. No one that's like, it's funny that you say that because I, even when things hap- bad things happen to other people that are close to me or uh, things like that, I sometimes, like, 
did I say the wrong thing? Did I do this the wrong thing? Do yeah. that? And I think I question it more now because I've also experienced the side where everyone says like the wrong thing or says not the right thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to, especially in early grief, when people are saying these things, it it's like, how do you deal with people trying to console you or is people saying the right things or the wrong things afterwards? Uh, gotcha. Um, no one knows. No one knows what to do in this situation unless they've been through it. And that is a huge thing because um, my friend Caitlin came over uh, three days after Scout and it was the first time I felt normal. And she had a stillborn son and um, it was the first time I had felt normal in four or five days because I felt like I at least had somebody that like had experienced this. And so finding like people that have been through experiences like that you've gone through, I think is so helpful. But I think the people that don't know what to do or don't know what to say is just be there. You don't have to say anything and you're not going to say anything. That's going to take away their pain. You're not going to say the magical like words that are going to be so moving or touching that they're going to remember it forever. They're going to remember that you showed up with a casserole or that you came over and walked the dog just because, or you sent the text like just thinking about you, or I love you, or just like trying to show up for that person. That is like how you do it. And yes, there were so many people that said and did the wrong thing, and it did make me mad and angry and frustrate me. But I also then would say they at least were trying. Yeah. So it came down like in reality, it's like it's. It's showing that they care. Yeah. You know, even if they say the wrong thing. Does it make it easier or harder for you now to be there for other people who are going through something that maybe you don't think as is as bad? Or like what if <laughs> girlfriend's complaining to you about a bad date or something? Do you find those so, conversations difficult now? Uh, so in the beginning, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't handle other people's Bullshit. bullshit problems. Yeah, I couldn't handle. I couldn't. I I couldn't do that because I was. Yeah, you just like you can't. And also, small talk. Can't, couldn't do small talk. Yeah, at all. And I still really can't do small talk. <laughs> I don't like it. Like, let's just really get down to it. Like, yeah. Or let's not. We don't need to talk about the weather. Like you know. Like. Let's be serious. Like, how are you really doing? Like, how are you doing is another thing that is like, well, how do you think I'm doing? Like, you can just say, how are you doing today? And then that's a whole different question. How are you doing is like, how are you doing in general? How are you doing today is just takes it down to just like this. That's a lot. And option B, that book was a really wonderful resource for me in the beginning. And I recommend everyone reading that for anything. Life in general. Life in general could help you. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, people still do have those little problems and those little things that do bother them and that are important to them. Yeah. And that is, that's just life. I mean, but that's what's so hard too, because like you don't want to like compare, I don't know. You don't want I I don't also like when people compare grief. Mhm. Because no, I feel like nothing you can never compare. No, I I agree with you, but I do know that it's hard um at least for me in my experience when I'm going through something really difficult 
I get mad at myself when I can't be there for other people because I will get short with them because I think in that moment their problems aren't as big as mine. Like, don't tell me that you're so yeah. mad at yourself. You ate another piece of cake right now. Yeah. I, I, I can't be my best version of myself to you right now. It's so like I have to, and I don't like that. It's like I got to just not be around you. Right. Or I don't know what And to I do. think that's what, at the beginning, that's why I like hid away. Uh, that's yeah. why I definitely hid and like wouldn't come out. <laughs> what was the hardest thing? Do you remember like the first time you went out socially? Um, I, yeah, well, like, like party, like, I don't really party anything. No. I mean, <laughs> but like, I mean, like, was, like there, was there like a big so, night that you were like, wow, you and your husband went on a date or you dressed up and you felt pretty for the first time or? No, I, I, none of that felt, no, no, I didn't do any of that. Let me think about this. What was the, I think the first time i can't even really remember when we first went out afterwards i know the first thing i did like with my son outside was go to the uh dinosaur exhibit uh-huh. <laughs> the dinosaur that? yeah it i was so proud of myself for going and taking him and with my husband and like being there and we actually ran into one person but that person had lost um her husband so it was like okay to see that per- it was okay to see that person yeah. and it was like okay i'm okay i'm okay because that's the thing when you're out um it was just when you're out of your house you don't know what anyone's gonna say to you yeah or what's gonna trigger you or what's gonna what can come your way you know well, what do you want people to know to know now i feel like to be honest laura i mean i don't know if it's if this is what everyone thinks you know but i'm sure People are like, oh, you know, people always associate you with Laura. Gosh, remember she had that stillbirth. I know. Like, oh, did we talk about it? What happened? So that's so funny that you said that because I recently was thinking, like, I was like, I think people are scared, scared of me. Yeah. They're scared of my story. They're scared of me. They're scared of my story. There's. But the thing is, I took one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one in 167. All right. Well, so people don't know how to deal with it or show up. You know no. what I mean? I know. And they, but I know. And that's the thing too with like baby stuff too. Like I haven't been able to go to a baby shower. Yeah. Because to me, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. You know? And uh, not saying that baby showers are bad. Mm-hmm. But my grandma never liked them, and my mom never liked them, and they. <laughs> so maybe they are bad, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but they. That is just yeah. I don't know, and there's some other things that I always like. I haven't been able to buy. I I bought a gift. I was able to buy a gift for a friend recently, and I was really proud of that. Um, yeah. Because I wanted to give a gift, and I wanted to do it, and um, that felt good that I was able to do that. Tell me how you've changed in ways that you're really happy about. Okay. Um, I have changed by being present is number one. Like I really am focusing on the moment now before and growing up I had ADD and I always thought I couldn't focus on anything and this and that. Um, But that is not true. And I'm able to do like – I'm just able to be present and be in the moment and like really learning what that is. Yeah. That has changed me a ton. I also am um 
I know how important self-care is too. I would, um, I'd love to help people. I love doing that as part. I just love helping people. And, um, I have learned that I can't always help everybody now. Yeah. And I can't, I have to know how much en- energy I can put into what and what I can, can and can't do. And I have to be very mindful of like what events I can go to and what I can't because of what I want to put myself into. And, and I can say no. And I never thought you could say no before. I mean, I knew you could say no, but I didn't really believe that you could say no. Mm-hmm. And now I believe you can say no and do it. And stick through it. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And I think um, I have changed. Um, I think I've been a more, even a, uh, I've become more empathetic, too. Yeah. Another thing that I definitely am. And I, um, I also, I, let's think about this. I also feel like I've just become more spiritual in a way, too. Yeah. That's helped me. You definitely have. That's like, at least I've noticed it's a, it's a big change in you. Yeah. And it's wonderful. You seem to be really liking it. I do. And I, I do, I like, I'm proud of the person that I am learning and growing to be. And I will continue. I think some, some of me thought like, you know, you got older and when you were a parent, you like stop. Yeah, you figured it out. Yeah. I don't know why. I think we, yeah. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I can, don't know. I guess that's a childhood thing that we that. think. Yeah. That you just like, I mean, I imagined my life as like when I was like 70 years old that I was going to have a donut every day <laughs> and like just watch my shows and see my grandkids <laughs> and that. But now it's like, what? I don't want to do that. I want to maybe like learn to like... Uh, what's would be an example? Like learn how to not cook. I don't really want to cook, but let's think about this. Like learn a new meditative practice. Learn yeah. a new um, about just learning. Yeah, I did. I thought I was going to be done learning. Yeah, yeah. You stop. Well, good for you. A lot of people do stop. I would say they give in. So many people give in way too early. Yeah, I got that. Is yeah. It seems like this has given you a new zest for life. It has. It has. It definitely has. It's you know what gets you back is always like the timeline of everything that's happening and like when things are when things happen. What do you mean? Like this next baby that we want to have. Yeah. Like I'm like, why isn't this like I thought for sure by Scout's second birthday, I would have a baby in my arms like at her birthday. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. And um, but it's something that. It just gets like let's. It just gets in the way of the growth in the process. Yes, because it's like you. I know I'm having more kids. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, and but it's like I want to n- know when it's going to happen, and you can't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. And that just gets in the way of things sometimes. Of like when you're not that in the way. Well, I think it's just like making goals and the goals aren't happening and it's yeah. part of the process. Yeah. And it's right. You know, Laura, one day at a time, you got to do whatever you got to do to get by. Right. I mean, I know it's, I don't think there's a timeline for anything. And I just think you're doing, I, you're fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, you thank know? you. Yeah. 
and that's that's the thing. I am I'm getting up every day and I'm I am trying. So and so what are you doing moving forward? What's going on in your life? Moving forward. So Scout's birthday's coming up on the ninth and we decided that um we're gonna do Scout Smiles this year. So okay. we're gonna have people give out smiles for her. Great. Or in her honor, not for her, in her honor, like either smiling for yourself or that. Um, so that's a big thing that I feel like we are trying to focus on and her birthday party. Like we have a birthday party for her um, and um, trying to focus that and then trying to focus on like, you know, the holidays and moment to moment, too, and all of that in between because the holidays get, yeah, sticky. Sticky for sure. Sticky. Christmas is going to happen forever. And do you, it is. Is it going to be? Were you able to enjoy it last year at all? I was. I um, uh, not um, as fully as I thought because we had another unexpected uh, mm-hmm. death in the family, and um, so it, that was jaded. Uh, not yeah. So that is that the word jaded? Is that yeah, yeah right? Mm-hmm. So that. <laughs> That just put a different, another cloud over it. But with having um, my son, Gus, like there's so much joy in Christmas in a child's eyes that I was able to be. And then also we um, um, adopt a family at Christmas. Yeah. And we um, buy them all their Christmas presents in honor of Scout. So that is something we did last year and something we are doing this year too, which is just really nice. And um, special to be able to give that to a family in honor of Scout. So that is good. And what else do we would? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So it seems like you're enjoying life again. I am. You know, I am. I definitely am finding, like, I went to a yoga class by myself uh, two weeks ago. And that was a goal for me. For this year to go to a yoga class by myself. Heck yeah. And I did it and I showed up and it was wonderful. And um, I think I'm also just like realizing I'm putting myself out there more. I'm trying to tell my story more. I'm trying to talk about it more, trying to educate people about it and just trying to, um, I'm trying to still bring joy in my life while still honoring my grief. That sounds really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Do you feel like if you're not um, grieving, then you're not honoring Scout? Um, I did in the beginning. It was That was really tough the first six months. Like when I would like uh, – I remember – I actually remember the first time I laughed. I saw this woman. She was just – it wasn't that cold, but she thought it was really cold. <laughs> and um, she was just walking on the street. And I can still picture the whole thing because it just made me laugh. Like, uh, but, and then after I laughed, I was like, oh, I can't laugh. Why am I laughing? Like, this is, why am I laughing right now? And um, I remember that that went away though. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that definitely, but that feeling was definitely there. Yeah. And that's also sometimes you want to hold on to the grief because it's like what you connect it to yeah. the person you lost. Mm-hmm. So, but then also it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be all these sad, all the sad time. and negative emotions all the yeah. time because that is just like exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it, 
is, yeah. But I feel like in, in just like that, you're like, oh my God, I just want to have fun. Like, right. I'm sick of being sad and right. like, uh, right. all the time. And that's what I think, yeah. And that's when um, I, I wrote down like everything I was doing to try to help me to even like get up in the morning. And mm-hmm. it was like 15 things mm-hmm. at first. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, <sighs> but I've definitely scaled back on some of those things, but I'm finding with this time of season coming up again that I need to like start those, increase those right now yeah. because I'm seeing myself start to do some of the things that I did and then I don't want to go down that path because and the awareness that I know yeah. now and being aware of the way I act and the things I do helps me see that like, I have the tools. I'm able to work through these emotions and these things, and I'm able to get through them. Yes. And I survived. Like, I remember after Scout's first birthday, I I thought I was going to be so sad and, like, cry all day, and Mm -hmm. I didn't cry that day once. And I I felt like I survived. I made it a year without her, and I felt like that was going to, like— I did it. Like, I was so proud yeah. of myself for doing that, that yeah. it kind of took away from, like, the sadness of it. Um, what you've been through is the worst. But they right. They say, like, it, it really is the worst of the worst, and you can do it. Right. And you can do life. Do you, I mean, do you feel confidence out of that? Uh, yes. Definitely. 100%, actually. Yeah. I think I did get a lot more confident. Because my self my self esteem I think was definitely something that was not very strong, um, but I definitely have even this past these past two years I've that has grown immense like so much. Yeah, like I've always, for example, I've always wanted to go to a workout class in my sports bra. Yeah, always. Okay, don't have the sports bra body. Some people may say I do, but. In my eyes, I don't. Mm-hmm. But now I work out in my sports bra downstairs in my basement. Heck yeah. By myself, but I'm doing it. And I'm like, you know, if Lizzo can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what I was going to say is you were talking about goals and going to yoga class. I remember uh, Laura and I went to high school together. And I remember you and I one year, we said in the wintertime, our goal was to jog in Hyde Park in our sports bra. Oh my gosh, that- by spring break. Do you remember that? We were like, yes, we're going to get there. And like, it never happened. Oh, no, it, it did not. It never happened. And I also <laughs> found strength through yoga. And when I first started going to hot yoga, I would wear long sleeve t-shirts and long pants. And if I was too hot, I would just leave. But I was like, everyone there was wearing bikinis, you know, right. in LA. And now I go in a sports bra and I find it so empowering. So empowering. No I- matter Right. No matter what. Like, since I quit smoking, I've gained, like, 10 pounds, and I still go. And I'm like, this yeah. is great. And me before that, two, like, three years ago, would cried, would have would been crippled by the well, thought of that. Right. You would have ran out of the door. Like, you yeah. would not have been able to even face that. Not even, not even close. No. Not even close. And that's what, yeah. And that confidence, like that, like, and that's, I don't know if that's, like, I don't give a fuck, too, because mm-hmm. it's, like. I think I think it's a part of that, though, because yeah. part of it is like you're like, this life is so short. Exactly. Like, 
Yeah. If I want to work out in a sports bra, I want to work out in a sports bra. It doesn't matter. Or if Who I want to wear a bikini, I can wear a bikini. Right? And but then, then you realize, are my, am I holding myself back because of everybody else? And I actually yes. don't care. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then you're like, wait, why Why am I worried about what that person thinks when I really want to be the one that's in the sports bra? Mm-hmm. So I should be the one in the sports bra. You know, yeah. Speaking of that, when you're going through your grieving process, did it ever make you self-conscious of like, um, well, that too, yeah, because I yeah. still think people are scared of me. Gotcha. Yeah, and or, scared of my story, but I think I'm scared of my story too. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of scary. I actually was like crying about that today because it was like, because I was, someone had said to me today how they were so proud of Scout and this and that and like how that, that helped her. And I was just like, aren't you scared though? And she was like, what? Scout is like such a good luck charm. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. What do you I mean, think? she was my good luck charm too. Yeah. In a ways, but like for her to be other people's, mm-hmm. where I thought other people's would be scared of her, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I think I need to get over the. She's not like I'm not scary. My story's not scary. It happens, and Dude. yeah, and that's the thing too. I think um, sometimes people think it's like contagious, you know, not like actually contagious Mm -hmm. but like contagious like that if you're pregnant and around me then like that could mean like you're gonna have the stillborn too oh my gosh i didn't know that yeah i'm gonna be the first to tell you without any medical evidence that is not true (laughs) (laughs) i'm confidently gonna say that is bullshit (laughs) but then it's also like uh that's the other thing too because um like with Scout's story and Scout's like everything, like her was a hers was a birth story too. Like and yeah. like when I find myself like chiming in to say things about different things to people, like when they're pregnant or things like that, mm-hmm. I kind of find myself holding myself back sometimes because I'm thinking that um, if I say something that happened to me, for example. And that is happening to that person. See, this is just so crazy. This is just in my head. Then that person thinks that they're going to have a stillborn. But that's just in my head. It is in your head. But it could also be, I'm sure that's part of people being pregnant as you think everything could go wrong. You right. Know? And then sometimes it does. And then are right. you scared it's going to happen again? Um, I mean, it can happen again. I mean, no. Because I'm not going to think like that but yes i'm terrified that it's gonna happen again i'm terrified that i'm not gonna have children again yeah i'm as much as i'm so confident saying that i am gonna have more kids mm-hmm. i'm also scared that i won't have any more kids or that i won't be able to get pregnant and that scares me yeah, yeah. i think about that too yeah and like if you i mean you just you never know and you never think it's you always think it's not gonna happen to you right and you think see yeah and i think that's i think that is part of our like the catholic uh i don't know yeah like our upbringing of that guilt Mm -hmm. and like that kind of thing that yeah if that wait what did you just say i don't really know yeah because (laughs) 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 i was going i remember when i was talking i was like i was gonna say something else and then and i was gonna say and something I, else too, and I then I brought up the Catholic thing, and I was like, "What? I no, really this know. is not what I was trying." To 
All I'm saying is you're scared of your story, and it's completely understandable. Yeah, and I no. Think one day you won't be. No, yeah. And, and I think that's going to take some time for sure. I think so too. And you, yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks. I mean, I really appreciate that I was able to tell my story. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I must say I am was proud of myself that I wasn't scared coming into this, but at, I've been thinking about this for a very long time. And then finally it just seemed right. Like, of course, I'm not going to be scared of these emotions anymore. Yeah. And we need to talk about it if you want to. And yeah. And it is. And I was scared too. I was scared of that. I wasn't going to say the right thing or that I wasn't going to, it's going to come off the wrong way or this or that. But it was like, if I just be myself, and tell my story, then that's my story. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Laura Castanelli Vere. Thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Natalie Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I love you so much. Love you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you mean a lot. Yeah. The best. Thank you. Oh, is there anything else you want to say? No. I don't think so. That was amazing. I mean, do you think it was okay? I think it was perfect. So, uh, Laura Casanelli Vier is perfect. Girl, thank you so much. And anticipate a new updated conversation, a 2021. So that was December 19. And now here in May 2021, um, she gives us she gives us an update of what's been happening and a lot has changed in her life. And the new conversation coming out once again. She's really funny. She's really candid and she's a freaking badass. So thank you everyone for listening and being along on this ride. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Like, subscribe, share all the things. And I'm sorry we cuss sometimes. And um, that's about it. Be brave, be beautiful. And whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud.